everyone. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 156. Aaron, the uh, hashtag tank for Bedard train is in <laughs> full motion, buddy. Uh, wow. Um, wh- what a weekend, uh, or I guess week, I guess, of, of Sharks hockey. Uh, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for that number one overall pick, where are we on the way? Um, well, we are leading the league, I guess, if you will, in uh, the tank to the bottom. So, um, not where I thought the Sharks would be at this point, being 0-4. I thought for sure they were going to beat Chicago, but we said, hey, Chicago, we see what you're doing, and we're going to do it better, so we'll <laughs> lose. And, you know, they went up 2-0 against them and then ended up losing. So, um, yeah, pretty ugly ugly hockey. So they're already, what, four games in and four losses. Um, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a fun, long season, right? It is going to be right. a long season. You right. used the word fun. I'm not entirely certain of that uh, anymore, at least. You know, we had said at least that this team is going to be entertaining. Um, so I'm going to pass the question off to you, and I'm going to pass the question off to the folks in the comments here. Are you at least somewhat entertained with some of the plays? Now, granted, um, you know, you've got a lot of the blunders that we've seen. Again, we'll talk about this, but the shorthanded goals against, holy. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think there have been flashes of, you know, some some good team chemistry, some uh, some solid. Um, I don't know if you want to talk, you know, bigger hits or whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for. Are you at least somewhat entertained with the product on ice so far? Wins and losses aside. I mean, we went to the game on Friday against Carolina. Um, I was heavily entertained through that game. Now, the Sharks dropped it in the last two minutes to lose. But in a way, I just don't think the Sharks are going to be a playoff team anyway. So I want them to, I mean, I want them to lose every game. That's just not fun, but I don't mind when they don't get points. So it wasn't, I, I left that game going at least I thought the sharks played well, obviously they didn't get the win, but again, I would rather see them lose and they play well than play terribly and get the win, especially this season, since they're not going to be going any further than they are. So I would say the second Nashville game and that Carolina game were decent. They were entertaining. They were close. They didn't win, which is great. Um, the Chicago game got ugly, and the first Nashville game, I think, I, I wouldn't say ugly. Ugly is not the right word. The Chicago game was ugly, though. So I don't want to see that much ugliness, you know? Good yeah, yeah. Um, well, I want to call out uh, Peter St. John uh, two things. First of all, one, he says, hey, boys, I finally remember <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, if you're uh, if you're not subscribed to the show, then yeah, you're not going to get the notification, and it makes it that much more difficult to remember. So uh, I'm sure Peter has wised up and hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell, as the rest of you should do as well. There you go. Thank you, Super Producer Jason. Super Producer Jason say, is on point tonight. What's also, up? Peter Peter has some really great comments on our videos. I mean, I'm talking paragraphs along. So. Uh, worth a read. They're, I mean, they're good. I'm not joking. They're, he's got yeah. some good write-ups on on what his thoughts are on the shark. So yeah, yeah. Uh, take a peek at some some prior ones. Yeah, uh, Aaron especially wants you to look at those comments because there's a few people in there who agree with him about uh, Ryan Merkley, and he was uh, very uh, apt to point it out to me that other people agree with me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I also want to point out that I think it was also Peter St. John saying it's all about development. At least I enjoy watching the young players develop. Well, you know what? We'll talk about that a little bit later on, too. But the young players are mostly in the Barracuda level and Kuda's doing okay. We'll talk about them uh, later on in the show. So if you're interested in looking at the young players and watching them develop, 
um, that's definitely a good place to start, especially if you're here in San Jose, that new arena, phenomenal, love it. So um, definitely go check that out. And Aaron and I, of course, season ticket holders with the CUDA this season. So uh, you guys can pop in and say hello uh, anytime that we happen to be there. So there you go. Um, Aaron, what do you want to do here? Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the comments we got here? Or you want to just jump straight into uh, the, the first game for the week? Uh, let's jump into it. We'll come back for these comments. There's, okay. There's some good ones coming in though. But so yeah. the, the big deal, obviously, of course, the Sharks had their, their, uh, season opener abroad and they have the home opener, uh, here against Carolina. Of course, the return of Brent Burns, Aaron, did you think that there was, you said there was going to be some, uh, some teary eyes. There wasn't going to be a dry eye. He was going to cry, a tear up, something like that. I kind of felt like he wasn't going to, I don't think that he did. Did you happen to see any waterworks? I don't know. We were kind of too far away to to tell, um, and we weren't watching. We were in person, so we weren't there on TV to see like the super up close. But jumbotron's it, nice, though. The jumbotron is very nice. Uh, it is. I mean, I've seen the, we've seen the pictures. They're great. Uh, seeing it in person does does it justice here. But um, nice, nice there, super producer Jay. But little little jump of the gun. But um, uh, if you want to see the entire video of Brent Burns's tribute, uh, I took the video while we were there. And we just happened to be up at the top dead center or not center, but um, behind the goal dead center. So it was a pretty cool view. And um, I took a video of that, a a video of the intro, like their kind of season intro where they introduce every single player. Um, And I think a couple other ones. So uh, go check out our Instagram reels. I think I put it on Twitter too. So either one of those, Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, I want maybe not a tearjerker. I don't think it was a tearjerker. It was good. It was like, and, and I think, um, I think Shang had mentioned like, wow, that really makes you feel like it is a whole new era of sharks hockey, which is kind of their motto this year. So yeah. it, you, you know, look at the players that Burns used to play with. There was a lot of Joe Thornton clips in there, a lot of Joe Pavelski clips in there, a lot of, uh, Patrick Marlowe clips in there. Like just those, those, um, core guys for so long so yeah. um it was it was good i liked it yeah no i definitely enjoyed it as well um a nice tribute and again like you said not quite the tearjerker um although going back to the comments here kellen foster peter st john both said i cried hey man we're not gonna uh we're not gonna make fun of you for that uh, uh again you know he was a very big part of the franchise for a very long time um it's it's totally natural to feel a little bit of uh a little bit of remorse to have him be uh, playing with another team there. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, he's not going to be watching the show or anything, but like, you know, again, for us, thank you, Bernsey, for all the time uh, spent with the Sharks and with the Sharks fans. Uh, there's so many times me going to the practices and I see him doing something cool for some kid, um, you know, getting, giving him a stick or signing a puck or a picture or whatever else, just talking with people in general. Um, I know actually this is a little bit of an aside, sorry, but I had put it on Facebook, uh, that time with the kid from Ukraine that didn't have his stick. He brought all his gear over. His dad was fighting in Ukraine and his family, the rest of the family came here. Bernsey was one of the guys that says, Hey, what can we do, uh, for this kid? And I'm not sure exactly what came to fruition there because that kind of got, uh, was his own deal. So I'm sure something happened, but he came up to me personally and was like, Hey, I saw your thing. What, what can we do? Right. So, um, Again, just like one of those guys that's, you know, he's he's tight knit with the community and uh, he's so willing to help uh, where he can. So um, just a big loss from, you know, um, just a person 
standpoint, uh, Bernsey not being in the San Jose community anymore. And obviously he's a big presence on the blue line as well. So um, again, for Bernsey, thank you so much for everything you've done. Go ahead. Big personality. That's just off the ice stuff. He does a lot of off the ice stuff, a lot of great stuff in the community. Um, It was not, it's not easy not having him there. It's very, very different. Um, One of the other things, super producer, Jason, you can put it back up on there, but uh, they also did before the national anthem, they did a tribute to Brian Marchment, which I think looks awesome on the ice. Uh, it's very sad that we lost Brian Marchment. Uh, for those who maybe don't remember, or didn't know Brian Marchment used to play for the Sharks um, back in the nineties. And then after he retired, he came back and had been working for us as a scout for the Sharks for uh, probably 15 years, a long time. And uh, the day or two days before the draft this year, he was in Montreal for the draft and passed away, I believe, in his hotel room. So uh, very sad, very, very um, gut wrenching for the Sharks organization because he was such a great person, uh, a great player and a great scout. And he's uh, his son actually plays in the NHL and he was on Florida last year. Now he's on uh, the Dallas Stars this year. So. Um, very sad for, for the Marchant family. And it was a nice little tribute that they did. They did a moment of silence for the entire arena, um, for Brian Marchant. So I didn't want that to be missed out. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, thank you for the, uh, the picture there. I super just Jason throwing that one up. So, um, yeah, again, a great tribute for, for both of those, uh, those two, uh, former shark players there. Um, moving on to that game. The game actually itself was, I mean, it wasn't a pretty game by any means, but um, it wasn't bad. It was close uh, for a team that like Carolina, that most people are saying is probably going to go, um, you know, in, into a kind of a deeper playoff run here. Um, the Sharks kind of held their own. Only a 2-1 loss. Unfortunately, that last uh, goal with Carolina came with, what, less than two minutes to go. I mean, so they were with them pretty much the whole way and then just kind of fell apart right near the end there. Uh, yeah, they scored a minute and, or there was a minute, uh, 58 seconds left in the game. So just shy of two minutes. It's so sad. Um, I watched the replay a couple times because it was different. You know, we only get the one replay, I think, in the arena, yeah. um, which kind of sucks. <laughs> so afterwards, I watched it a couple times because Carlson looked like he was way out of position. But he actually wasn't that bad out of position. Um, and I forgot who it was. Who scored the goal? Is it Aho? Sebastian Ho, um, <laughs> Aho. Yeah, Aho. He he came in and and he actually got it off of his skate. He didn't get a stick on it, so he redirected the puck with a skate. Carlson was there, but not. Uh, he had the inside position, and then Aho skated right by him. But Carlson, you can't lock him up. It'd be an interference call. So, what are you gonna do, right? So, um, anyway, it was just it was just kind of sad and disappointing. I thought the Sharks almost deserve to deserve nobody deserves to win, but I felt like they were at times the better team that night. Um, And they could have scored a few more chances. I felt like Carolina had some chances, but not that many grade a scoring ones. Really? I thought the sharks did a pretty good job of shutting them down, which is amazing because Carolina is also a cup contending. I would say they're a cup contending team. They're not a playoff bubble team. They are up there in the, in the contender. So, um, Two teams that, uh, going back to the Nashville game before that, Nashville is a team that is, I would say they're going to make playoffs. It's almost a guarantee based on who they are. Um, cup contenders kind of up up for contention, if you will. 
But um, I thought the Sharks did a, a better job in that game and then against Carolina. Um, but again, that's the difference between a cup contending team and a team that is probably in the bottom five is your talent at depth level. And the Sharks just did not have it. No, they certainly didn't. Um, I mean, hopefully, you know, again, years to come, they'll get that that depth in there and uh, they'll be a much better team. But that's certainly not going to happen uh, anytime real soon. So uh, is what it is. Um, did we talk about the meetup with the fans here? No, that was next. Yeah, uh, we no, I'm, I'm sorry. Do, do you okay. want to talk about as I'm saying? Are we done with the oh. game? Because the game we lost, we, whatever. Let's move on. Right. Something happy here. We had a, a good little meetup with the fans. We did. We did. We uh, in Quite between both the first and second, and in between the second and third periods, we uh, we hung outside on the concourse, and a couple people came up. So we had here's a picture of Tyler McElroy. I don't even know if he's on tonight, but uh, Tyler came up and and hung out. He's also in the fantasy hockey league. So we took a picture. Um, Nicholas Egan came by. I think it was him and his wife came by. We did not get a picture with him. Um, but we hung out for a little bit and talked for a little bit. And then, uh, Nick came by with Casey and I think it's Marcus is his name. Um, and again, we didn't get a picture. We're terrible. We should get more pictures, but, <laughs> cause we'll use them. We'll put them up there. Yeah, for sure. And then funnily and funny, funny enough, we had a, a fan come up. I don't know if it's any of you, but someone came up and said, Hey, big fan of the show. Can I get a picture? We're like, sure. And is significant other of his wife or his girlfriend took the picture of us the three of us me paul and this guy and he goes okay see you later and left and i was like who was that guy i don't even, <laughs> you didn't even say his name i don't even know who that is so, so uh, there's some random picture i guess floating around of you me and a fan right so if that fan happens to be you uh and you're in the chat right now let us know who you are if you're listening on a podcast uh, I don't know if you put like a comment or whatever on the pockets, but but send some sort of comment to us. Let us know uh, that that's you. You can uh, tag and the next time, I mean, feel free to hang out and chat. We're we're just a couple of shark fans, so yeah. And if good. you post it anywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, just tag us in it, and we'll yeah. There you go. Spread it around. Awesome. Sounds anyway, fun. It's um, fun. We'll do more of that. Barracuda yeah. games, especially because I think we'll be more there than sharks this year, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, as long as your company keeps giving me tickets to go, then I'll show up at the Sharks games. Not a problem. But uh, any chance we get to go to the CUDA games, 100%, we can meet outside the, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we can meet outside of the uh, the sections there and uh, just kind of hang out over. Show us the photo. Uh, Zach, we don't have the photo because uh, that fan took the photo and then walked away. <laughs> so yeah, we, we don't have it. that one. The only fan, uh, photo we do have is the one that... Uh, Super producer Jason already showed. I think it was a bit of a pixelated mess. I, I made the joke that uh, he took it probably with the toaster uh, that has the uh, sticker, the Fin Factor sticker on it. So yeah, the more you know, there you go. Toaster king. Um, Peter St. John saying three to five years before the Sharks are ready to challenge for a playoff spot, maybe six to 10 before we might be able to contend for the cup. I don't know about the six to 10 to be able to con- contend for a cup. I think the three to five, I mean, think about like these, you know, uh, McCarr, McKinnon, these young, young players that are superstars, right? If we're going to be that bad and we're going to get those superstars, they're probably going to be ready to play and contend sooner than six to 10. So um, I think that three to five years before they're uh, ready to challenge for a playoff spot, I think that's three to five years before they're ready to make um, a maybe second round appearance. Right. I think that's kind of uh, more more in line with what I'm thinking is going to end up happening with the Sharks. Now, maybe I'm optimistic. That's I've 
certainly guilty. Uh, but I, that's just kind of how I see it. But I think w- we agree that the Sharks aren't good now. They'll be uh, better later. So we can at least uh, shake hands on that. Uh, my opinion, but I think SAP food quality and selection is horrible, says Anthony Sanchez, going <laughs> completely off the rail. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if you wanted to, wow. to say anything about that. But Funny, because I was just, <laughs> it just remarked yesterday. I was like, wow, I was actually impressed with the selection of food at the SAP Center and how, um, I mean, think about it. It's not, there's, there was like practically no places that was just nachos, hot dog, hamburger. It was, everything was like a restaurant or not restaurant, but a, a, a local kind of place, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was decent, but then again, we didn't eat with, we didn't, I don't think I picked up any food. So Anthony also saying 10 years until we make playoffs, Anthony, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. And on that, in that same vein, Zach Croft saying, is it possible for the Sharks to go 0-83 and 0 just for kicks? No, it's not possible because there's only 82 games in the season. So there you go. And Zach, I'm sure you knew that. Uh, oh, you know what? Here's our, our resident, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, prospect expert. We call him expert. He says he's not an expert, but he's smarter than us. So that makes him an expert. Uh, Graham Slam. Their first rounder next year will immediately be on the team, assuming they're drafting top five. It's hard to disagree with you on that. Now, you know yeah. the prospects a lot better than I do. Um, so That's, maybe that top five is a guy who's immediately ready to step in and, and, and play. But I mean, usually um, in a in a normal draft year, the top three are probably the guys that were, would be ready to jump into the NHL. Yeah. This year's a little deeper, so it would be top five are going to be jumping in. That's the other thing. It depends going back to to the comment of being 10 years out um i don't think it's 10 years cuz because depending on how bad this season goes and where they're going to pick i'm assuming they're going to be top 5 now after watching what we just watched the last week um and <laughs> that is going to i mean they're going to be getting a future all-star player in their lineup at a very young age but he's going to help out so um i think um that shortens the timeline big time versus if they're, you know, consistently getting the 12th or 15th pick, which sucks because they miss playoffs, but they're just, you know, just missing playoffs. I think that would be worse. So that's why I want the Sharks not quite to tank to get bettered. I'm I'm not hopeful that they're going to get bettered. I, I mean, to me, it would have to be a situation where he's going to get, um, they win the lottery. They have to. I, I don't think they're going to be dead last. Anthony Sanchez doubling down 10 years. <laughs> I don't think it's 10 He's years. sticking to his guns, buddy. Getting a guy this year. And then you're going to have, let, let, realistically, I would say Eklund's a top line winger playmaker, right? Bortolo to me is a, probably a better second line player, but filling out those top lines with those players. And you have Timo Meyer. So like Meyer Eklund and the next big piece that's coming this upcoming summer as your first line. And then you have Bordelow on the second line with hurdle Couture or hurdle, I guess could be the second line center. Um, next year would be pushing it, but I think in two years that they'd be in the playoff team. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. Actually, I think uh, give Mike career a couple years and he'll probably uh, turn this thing around. So we'll see. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, Eric Carlson's still on the team. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think he's as bad as they all make him out to be, but that's just me speaking of uh, GMs and doing things. Uh, there was a Doug Wilson tribute the other night. Um, and I believe we have a picture from the uh, the Sharks for this or from a tweet from the Sharks, I guess. The Sharks, yeah. So go ahead and put that one up. But it was kind of cool. All the players, at least in the warms there, they wore uh, number 24 honoring uh, Doug Wilson. This is a picture 
of his whole family uh, out on the black carpet there uh, as they were uh, ready to kind of uh, give him uh, a nice welcome at the uh, the Shark Tank. I think it's kind of the first time maybe that he'd been back in the public eye here, no? Uh, I think so. This is they were putting up a banner in the rafters too, so they were all out there. And then he gave a little speech, and um, he also um, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say here because we have a clip for later. But um, okay. both teams were wearing his jersey, so he used to play for Chicago. Yeah, way back in the day, he was drafted by Chicago. He won a Norris Trophy for the best defenseman playing for Chicago. And then when the Sharks were um, they just announced that the Sharks were going to have a team in 91. He came to the Sharks. I don't know if he was actually taken in the draft, in the uh, expansion draft, or if he like wanted to come here. I can't remember. This was in 1991, and I was nine years old. Um, but uh, he he speaks very highly of how he was very lucky to be a part of a new organization from the beginning. Um he was very lucky. I mean, he talks about how he got to play for an original six team and then he gets to go to a startup team basically. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. And, uh, he was, he was very happy to do it. And so he has ties to both Chicago and and the sharks, which is why they chose this game to, to honor him. And, um, both teams wore number 24, which is what his number was and had the captain. I don't know if you noticed that, but they all had the captain C on their chest and everything. Um, it was pretty cool, and that that would be a fun jersey to to get. What is that? It's not quite game worn. That's not a game worn jersey. I guess it's a warm up worn jersey. Yeah. Um, but it's a Doug Wilson jersey. I mean, that'd be cool to get a pair. You know, you have the Chicago one and the Sharks one. That'd be pretty sweet. As long as you don't do that mutant like half shark, oh. half Chicago oh. thing. Ugh. No, people do that, and I don't get it. No. Pick one. Um, if you would like to also uh, pick supporting the show, you can do that by uh, sending us a tip on Venmo at the Fin Factor. Uh, if you put a message in there, we'll happily put it on the show. I'm assuming that Super Producer Jason's got an eye on that or something. So uh, if that is the case, we'll go ahead and uh, and call that one out for you guys. Also, don't forget you can support us with the Super Chat as well. So if you go ahead and do that, um, anything that you put in the Super Chat for a message, again, we'll call that out on the show immediately and we'll... Uh, uh, read that comment out. Thank you very much. Also, you can go to thefinfactor.com, check out all the hats, hoodies, shirts, cups, or not cups, what is it, the water bottle, uh, fanny packs, stickers, all kinds of stuff over there. If you'd like to support the show and actually get something in return, uh, you can go there and do that as well. Thank you, Super Jason, putting that up on there. Um, we do have a clip, Aaron, uh, and there was a nice speech, and we want to show this this clip right now. Is that right? Yeah, this isn't from the speech. This is from uh, his press conference afterwards. Oh, okay. So here's here's Doug Wilson. Uh, the question was, of all the years as a player and a GM, like which games kind of stood out or which moments kind of stood out? So here's Doug Wilson talking about it. The uh, first game in the Cow Palace was one. Um, another one that jumps out to me because I went up to the top of the building at Levi Stadium to see 70,000 people watching hockey in Northern California. And I was actually, it's pretty emotional because I was thinking of what Mr. Gund would, would think, being able to look down and see that. Uh, going to the cup finals, obviously, because that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, that's what this organization ownership strives for is to win. And that's, uh, you know, we weren't able to accomplish that, but I'm not going to dismiss a lot of things that the players uh, and coaches did accomplish here. Um, special moment for me, which was almost a, a miracle in, in a couple of ways, was the Vegas Game 7. And uh, you know, my 
to see that game and how we came back. And I played in, obviously, the Chicago Stadium, which is one of the loudest rinks in the world. SAP was the loudest I've ever heard a rink in 40 years. And, and if you were there and you felt it, a little side story. One of my best friends uh, had a massive heart attack in overtime during that game. And three of the season ticket holders carried him up to the... Uh, the concourse where paramedics worked on him for about 45 minutes to, and they thought they lost him three times. I never got down in the dressing room after the game. I got to see him. Uh, so it was almost a, the emotions, it was, it was an amazing night um, in our building. The season ticket holders would carry somebody up to the concourse from the lower seats. Paramedics would work for 45 minutes, the blue coats around. It was, and here is one of the greatest hockey games at the same time. So it was, maybe a precursor to things that happen in life. I don't know. But it was uh, that day and game certainly stood out in my mind for a lot of reasons. There you go. Wow. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool that he, he threw out the, um, the game seven against Vegas. Cause I think that's probably the best one. That's the latest one for the sharks, if you will. But, uh, so, I mean, sad about his friend. He didn't even get to go into the locker room, too, because he was staying with his friend. Um, that probably would have been a very, very raucous locker room to be in. <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, not not surprising um, when you listen to some of the, the, the tributes from the players for Doug Wilson saying, you know, how much uh, they appreciate him, not only just as a GM, uh, but as a person. And, uh, you know, that's something that most people say, but they specifically called out that um, – everything he's done for me and my career, giving me an opportunity and for my family. Um, he was always that guy that, you know, was always thinking about not just the player, but the welfare of the player and the welfare of the player's family outside of the rink. So um, I think that's something that a lot of players really appreciated about him. And I think that kind of goes back to, you know, we hear stories like when, when uh, Burns was, was traded here and um, who was, it was in the, um, the weight room or the gym he was the guy on the, in the trade and and he was on the bike still working and Burns, he walks in and he's like, Whoa, like they're still allowing this guy to be here. Right. So um, it was, it was just, just crazy. Like to hear like how much they care about the players, not just for my team. And now you're not a part of our team anymore. Push, no, they, they care about the play. Yeah. Seto. Thank you. I don't know why that was evading me. Thank you. Seto. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was still working out in the gym, which is funny because he has his own gym now, but he was he was still working out in the gym when Brinsey got there. And it's like, well, dude, you're not a part of this team anymore, but they're still allowing him to to do that. And there's just a, a lot of care for the player, uh, for the person, beyond just, you know, what what can they do for my team? And that, a lot of that came from Doug Wilson. And that's a, a big reason why a lot of the players wanted to come to San Jose, wanted to play in San Jose. We've always joked about that before, you know, the weather and everything else, but it is very much so that, they take care of those guys as best they can. So, um, yeah, just just one of those things where, you know, he was a very special person and, uh, you know, Mike Greer coming in, I think is a good thing, but certainly a guy that will be missed uh, by everybody in that organization who's left at least. Um, so uh, really, really awesome to, for them to have this, this tribute for Doug Wilson. And uh, whatever he's going through right now, we just extend, um, you know, that we hope he's uh, – so hopes that he gets to be feeling better sometime soon, um, sooner than later. So anything else you want to cap that off with, or you want to talk a little bit about this atrocity of a game that was supposed to contribute <laughs> to him? We'll delay it a little bit. Yeah. He created a culture here in San Jose that brought on free agents. People 
San Jose was never a destination for free agents to come to. It's kind of like, oh, the Sharks. I don't want to play for the Sharks, but I guess I'll have to. So that kind of changed right around the time. I'd say the early 2000s, he kind of took over the team and um, changed. I think that was one of the things that he worked on was was to change that culture. Um, but yeah, a lot of players love him. He's He's probably one of the most selfless people that I have ever met or talked to because we've met him. And uh, in fact, you can find our show. We interviewed him at the arena a couple years ago. Um, and it's quick story about that. Just to tell you about the character that he is, our, his like handlers, like the people that we had to clear everything through and show him and, you know, get him to come and interview on our show. They're like, he only has 10 minutes, only 10 minutes. And we're like, okay, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, cause you know, we talk like whatever we talk, it, it goes on. And we went for probably close to 15, if I remember correctly. And he wanted to stay and keep talking to us, but they were like pushing him along like, no, 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 go. And then he was, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he had, he's a busy schedule. He had to go around yeah. and at the time he was the GM. So he had to, to meet with a bunch of people, but he wanted, he generally liked us and wanted to hang out and talk more and um, had so many more stories. So um, great guy. And uh, he will be missed and we wish him the best, uh, especially for full recovery and whatever he has. And no, we do not have any inside information. Right. Um, in fact, in that same press conference, people asked him not specifically like what's wrong, but um, how's it going? And I didn't put the clip together, but um, he, he essentially just said that uh, he's working on his recovery. That's all they said. And that's, he's been a bad, he's been a bad patient. His doctor wants him to be better. That's, that's all he would say. He wouldn't say anything else. So there's the update. Yeah. And fair enough. It's his business is nobody else's. So um, good on him for responding in the way that he did. Um, something I will remember about the the interview though, is when he, he came up, the first thing he said to us was, all right, let's talk some hockey. It was yeah. just, he was again, so personable. Right. And really the only reason that he, we, we stopped that interview. It wasn't that he was like, okay, we, we got to end it now, guys. Yeah, it wasn't him. I misread. And this is behind the scenes. I misread when you hear me asking Aaron, do you have anything else for him? Aaron thought I meant on that topic. And I just meant, do you have any other questions? Because we're stupid and don't know how to interview people. So <laughs> Aaron, Aaron goes, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, well, hey, it was nice talking with you. And Aaron's like, ah, <laughs> I had more. I had more questions. That was the only reason the interview ended. Honestly, he would have gone on for another few more questions and, and he'd have been fine. And again, just a very generous person with his time, even though his time is super valuable. Yes, the more you know. So again, um, absolutely, Doug Wilson, you will be missed. And uh, gosh, what, what, a, what a great guy. So moving on from that, what a not so great game to honor him. Um, a <laughs> They come out. They come out and score two goals in the first period. The, the second goal actually was right near the end of the period. Mm-hmm. Um, both goals, by the way, you could say influenced. I guess he got the assist on both of them by Eric Carlson. You know, it was funny. I was listening to the replay on that because unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but I, I had to go um, out to watch my son's uh, 8U game. That was way later. He had like a four game tournament thing. So I couldn't watch the game, unfortunately. But um, yeah, they uh, <laughs> they showed the clip where Drew Remenda is saying, Everyone on the bench, the Sharks bench, is yelling, shoot, Eric Carlson. And Carlson finds Nico Sturm all the way across the rink. He sends it from one side to the other. And and goalie, I think it was Mrazek, down and out. Sturm buries it. And it's like, that doesn't happen. 
if it's not Eric Carlson doing Eric Carlson things. I know you guys don't like the dollar <laughs> amount. I get it. I know you can point out to a million stats that says he's not as good as he is. I don't care. Okay. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he showed up uh, a couple times there in this game, and at least in the first period uh, when nobody else did. Then that second goal, it was a shot. It looks like it went off the skate of the defenseman, but people are telling me, no, it actually hit Kitcher's stick. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter no. how it goes in, just that they, it goes in. They credit it to Carlson. And and you, actually, if you watch the replay, Kutcher goes up to Carlson. You can read his lips. He says, I didn't touch it. Yeah. He said it like a couple times over and over. So they, at him. they went back and credited Carlson with the goal. So he got a goal and assist in that game. Sorry. Kellen Foster says, still should have shot the puck. <laughs> The guy scores a goal and you still got to just pile on him. Come on, man. Who is he? Noah Gregor? Come on. Ooh, they're uh, talking about a lot Noah of people. They were talking about Noah Gregor earlier in the chat. I'll yeah. get to that. If you guys want me to, I have no problem with that. I also saw a reference to Merkley. We'll get to that too. I don't want to hear any of your stuff tonight. Chat. Um, anyway, get on. Right. Go ahead. So they were up to nothing. And then what happens? Uh, Sharks went on power place. So you're like, Oh, this is great. You know, the power play has been stinking. Chicago's awful. They're up to nothing. Let's, Pad the stats here, get a get a really defiant win here for the first one of the season, and the Sharks give up a shorthanded goal. Um, trying to remember which one this one was because I watched them and I'm mixing them up. This was but, the two on one where Carlson was basically uh, skating back and instead of attacking the guy uh, on the boards behind the net and leaving the front open, he decided to stop yeah. like in the slot and wait. And there was nobody. That decided to come back and help out. Couture was the one that came back, but right. nobody late. was skating back to get there. Yeah. So I thought that was were. the second one. That was the first one. No, that was the first one. Okay, so they score, and you're like, "Oh man, two to one." Okay, whatever. Then power play ends, and then they get another power play like right away. So they're on the second power play, like almost right following right after that. In fact, I think there was carryover because there was a little bit of five on three. So then they had another almost full two minutes and Chicago scores another shorthanded goal. And I forget now I forget that one, how they did that one. So Yeah, that one, uh, they were battling a little bit behind the net and I think their Chicago player fell down and like kind of swooped it with his stick. And I think it was, I want to say Couture and Carlson. No, it was LeBanc and Couture, I think going towards that player and it slid through both of them and right to the front of the net. Okay, you know what? It was LeBanc and Carlson that went there. And it was Couture. No, here's why. It was Couture on the other side. He chased that player down. I know, thank you. It was Couture on the other side of the net. And after he chased that player down, he hit the break, stopped, and watched the goal scorer score the goal uh, instead of springing back into action. So sure. that's why I remember that's where Carlson or uh, Couture was. So it's um, either broke. way, it's the calamity of errors, and it's Sharks hockey, baby. His controller broke. He just s- skated. Yes. <laughs> he went full Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just an ugly, ugly outing uh, for the last 40 minutes of the game, we'll say. Okay, how about that? The first period, not so bad. Obviously, it's all more fun when you're going up by two goals, right? And you're not letting them score. But um, to let them come back into the game, not just come back into the game, but embarrass you, right? Embarrass you by scoring two shorthanded goals um, pretty much back to back, right? And then going five straight. You score the first two and they go five straight on you. That's just ridiculous. And to add the cherry on top of it, yeah, you're a bad team, but they haven't won a game either, right? So it's not like it was Tampa Bay. They just needed to regroup and then they, you know, full power offense. It was Chicago. 
which is like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so coach Quinn was asked about after the game about uh, kind of like, you know, the whole sequence of events where they gave up two shorthanded goals and uh, what his thoughts about it and how the bench and uh, kind of the morale, if that really, I think the question was if it killed the morale of the team. So here's coach Quinn's answer on uh, right after those shorthanded goals. Yeah, listen, I mean, sometimes and it happens to a lot of play, a lot of players, they get on the power play and they just abandon what hockey is all about. They play power play and that's all that happened on those goals. We had plenty of opportunities, bad as the decision making was in the offensive zone and, you know, giving up the, you know, odd man situations. We had a chance to just stop at the net front, defend and, you know, live another day and we didn't do it. We panicked, we chased the puck, we just played mindless and it ends up on the back of your net. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You think yeah. you're happy about that? Yeah. How do you play mindless thing? Like, and, he, and he says, basically, they played power play. They didn't play hockey, right? And it's mm-hmm. almost like, okay, in, in a practice, we would set up on the power play and we'd run this drill. And if the defense dumps it out, oh, man, okay, reset the drill. And it was almost like that's what they were doing. Oh, it got dumped out. Darn. And it's like, no, you still need to go play hockey. And they forgot that part of the game, apparently. So um, there's a lot of work that can be done on the power play. Um, and I think y- you specifically called out, not just power play, but you specifically called out second period being a bad period for the Sharks so far this season. You want to talk a little bit about that? Horrendous. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed. That's horrendous. So again, just that game alone, they were up 2 nothing, and they gave up three goals in the second period. They have been outscored so far in their four games. Nine to one in the second period. Nine to one. Now, for the casual fans, the second period, the teams flip. The benches stay where they are. So that means if you get stuck in your zone, which is why the second period you kind of see more goals. If you get stuck in your zone, the bench is so far away that you can't really, you know, get any line changes going. So you have to get your puck out without icing it because if you ice it, you can't make a line change. So a lot of the times, um, you'll see teams kind of grind it out and get stuck in their own zone or vice versa, grind it in the other team. And then what happens because your bench is closer to the offensive zone in that period, you can switch out a player one by one and you have fresh guys on the ice controlling the puck against a very, very tired team. So I don't know if that's part of it. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. The sharks are just kind of getting caught and they can't get it out of their own zone, um, especially without icing it. But um, I think, uh, I think that needs to be addressed and I'm pretty sure I think Quinn actually even talked about the second period. Like it's just, it's a weird, a weird thing that they're going to be going over and, and probably practicing on. Um, it, it, he also mentioned, I, I didn't put it in that quote, but he thinks that this could be a good thing getting shorthanded goals scored on him like that, especially two of them, because he's like, I mean, it's kind of like being a parent. Like there's only so many times you can tell your kids, don't do that. Don't do that. They're still <laughs> going to do it. Right. They're still going to do it. And you just kind of go, well, karma's kind of a bee you know like it, it, it's gonna happen and you're gonna learn and now you're gonna understand why i was telling you not to do that so now he's telling him you gotta work hard and you, even on the power play you gotta get back and you gotta get the puck and you gotta retrieve it so uh i wouldn't be surprised who they playing first they're playing the islanders on tuesday if they go two for three on the power play in that game because they're gonna wow. be working their tails off wow okay you know what we, we've gone for quite a while i think we should do a roll call 
Okay, I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if they went two for three. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to hold you to that, but I think right. it's a perfect time for a roll call, and I think right. that should be the question. So why don't you I, – I, I butcher every time I try to say what the roll call should be. So I'm going to let you do all the talking for this. Go ahead. So wait, what's the question then? What the question asking? is going to be, do you think that the Sharks' power play doesn't end up anemic – in the next game, do well, do they go. do they go two for three? Maybe do they? I mean, do they score at all? Right. All right. Roll call. Tell us where you're watching from, and if you think the Sharks' power play in the next game is going to be as anemic as it has been in the last whatever. I want to say they were zero for nine, or or they had almost nine minutes. I thought I put that note down somewhere. They had almost nine minutes of power play time with one shot on goal. That's garbage. That is yeah. Just, what are you doing? <laughs> that you had that as a note under the Carolina game. That's why. Oh, I missed game. it. No, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I knew I wrote that down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Tell us what you think in the comments. Tell us where you're watching from, and do you think the Sharks' power play in this game will end up anemic like the last game, or do you think they're going to be scoring on the power play? And we'll talk a little bit about the CUDA, but I do want to go back. There were a lot of comments here, like really far back. And I do want to go back and look at some of these because a lot of them were pretty interesting, actually. So give me a second to kind of dig through a little bit here. You see a situation. This is from Zach Croft at uh, Super Deuce Jason at 9.27 p.m. <laughs> do you see a situation where the Sharks buy out Vlasic's contract? Aaron, what do you think? I don't think so. I think uh, new new coach, new regime. I think buying him out would hurt the team more than just letting him play it out. Play it out. I mean, he's got, is it four more seasons, including this one? Yeah. Four more seasons. So four more seasons show that you could still play in the NHL. Be a top four guy. Not not You don't have to be a top shutdown defenseman, but if you could play in the top four, that means on a good team, you're going to be on the top six. Show that you can play. Show that you still have some heart. You're going to be good. Some team's going to want him, and they're going to want to have some salary taken back. And don't forget, you can take it in half with another team. So the Sharks could trade him to Arizona. They keep half. The Sharks keep half. Then it goes on to whatever the team is. Then that salary, that $7 million salary is going to get cut way down. So um, obviously there has to be some incentives for both teams to do that. Uh, that sweetens up the deal coming back. So I don't think I honestly don't think there is an untradeable contract in the NHL. No, seriously, there's ways around it. You're going to get around it. Yeah, no, there's definitely ways around. Um, I do think that even with those ways around, it's probably not. There's some certain players that maybe aren't enticing enough, no matter how much you would cut it. Sure. Everyone's going to throw around the Carlson and be like, there's no way you can trade him. Absolutely. There is. You don't think a team would want him for five, six million dollars a season? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. So even Vlasic, uh, I was sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say even Vlasic, I think most teams, if you were to cut that um, contract in half or in quarters, if he had somebody that was willing to be the middleman, hundred percent people would be happy to take him. Um, that's my opinion. Now, uh, Nicholas Egan kind of goes along the same way here saying, I'd be shocked if Vlasic finished out his contract with the Sharks. Frankly, I wouldn't. Um, and then Anthony Sanchez he was the other side of the coin. Vlasic looks strong this year. You know, I I kind of I don't agree that he looks strong. I would say he doesn't look bad. <laughs> like I don't think he looks as bad as he had looked in the past couple seasons. 
And I think, like Aaron's saying, you know, a lot of it's going to be the new regime and everything else. Everybody's kind of getting a new chance here. And I think um, you're going to see a little bit of a resurgence from not just Vlasic, but I also think Shimmick. I think Shimmick's going to be another guy that's kind of getting mm-hmm. a second look uh, with with this whole new um, management structure around him. So uh, he's the type of guy I think Greer likes. I think he's the type of guy that's going to go out. He's going to bang. He's going to work hard. Uh, and I think those are the guys that they're looking for, these blue-collar type players. So uh, you've already got one in Shimmick. It's just that you know he has to kind of get back to playing the way that we saw him play when he was partnered up with a guy like Brent Burns, right? So um, if he can get back to that, I think he's going to be fine. Vlasic, same thing. He doesn't have to be a superstar anymore. He doesn't. He just needs to be able to just shut it down. I say superstar, but I'm saying a defensive dynamo, if you will. He doesn't have to be that guy. He just has to be good enough. And I think on the Sharks, yes, he's getting paid quite a bit uh, for for the role that he had been playing. But with with this Sharks, he's in the top four right now, right? Um, now, yeah. maybe that says something that we're 0-4 and, and he's playing in the top four. Fine, you got <laughs> me there. But uh, again, I think he's at least getting another look, another shot, uh, whether it's good or bad or he's playing good or bad. I think that this regime is going to give him the opportunity uh, to really kind of play it out. So that's I mean, kind of how I've been seeing it. Here's his minutes. He Go played ahead. 20 minutes, 1909, yeah. 16 against Carolina, then 2037 against Chicago. The reason he was so low against Carolina is because the Sharks had so many power plays. And Carlson was eating up all those power play minutes. So <laughs> just want to point out that someone here, LM, agrees with me, says excellent take, Paul. I think that's the first time uh in the show that someone has said that I had a good take. Thank you, LM. You're my new best friend. I'm gonna push this guy out that? of here. Who's that really? Is that is that your wife? No, it's not. It's not. And my sister's name is not Lisa Marie Sanceri. <laughs> LM has, has nothing to do with it. You shut your face. Uh, Zach Croft saying, should Noah Gregor go on waivers? What do you think? No. Paul's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's hateful. Super producer Jason, it's hateful. That wasn't for me. I didn't yeah, write I that. I know. Um, should Noah Gregor go on waivers? And someone had made a comment later on here saying that, uh, oh, Anthony Sanchez says Noah Gregor is Tori Mitchell number two. And that uh, Noah Peter St. John says Noah is in the doghouse with the staff. He's been a healthy scratch two already. I think his days are numbered. I, I wouldn't say it's too early to tell. We're really four games in right now. The Sharks are 0 and 4, sure. What if they go on a four game win streak? You laugh, but it could happen. It's the NHL, anything could happen. I'm not laughing. Um, uh, I, I, I still think it's very early. I'm not, again, I'm not saying the Sharks are a playoff team, but Noah Gregor, I think needs to figure out. And, and this is probably all of his off the puck stuff. Not so much with the puck. I mean, granted, he's not scoring, but who dropped the gloves the other night, right? You're not scoring. You're doing something. This going back to Jamie Baker. Jamie Baker was on a show. Yeah. He said, when you get into a scoring rut, you got to do something. So what he did, what Jamie Baker did is he would run himself, literally run himself until he threw up like running hill sprints, I think was what he did. And then he said, I'm going to win every single face off that I take because I can't score right now. So I need to contribute something to the team. That's what Noah needs to do. He needs to figure out. And I think that's what the coaching staff is telling him. Hey, yeah, you're the fastest guy. You have good puck possession skills, but not every night you're going to be able to do that. So you need to do something else. So you need to show that you can round your game and be not be a liability on the ice. That's pretty much what it is. If you're a liability, Mike Greer's not going to want you. 
So Kevin LeBanc better watch out. <laughs> wow. Call him out by name, did we? Goodness gracious. Uh, no, hey, man, I'm not saying they're not going to go on a four-game win streak, but I'm saying if they do go on a four-game win streak, he's been benched the last two games. He's probably not going to be a part of that four-game win streak. Excellent take, Paul. Come on, you can throw it in there. It's okay. Hey, guys, uh, Nicholas Egan says, I'm really curious what happens with Thornton. He's been around way too much for this uh, so far this season for him not to have a job within the organization soon. Um, I believe Jumbo is learning. Anthony Sanchez says, I'm, uh, I believe Jumbo is learning how to be in management. I don't disagree with you. And Zach also bring up, he's not officially announced his retirement. I thought he did. I don't think he did. He Joe didn't? Or not. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't know what, I don't know what his plans are. I don't know if he's planning on coaching, maybe player development, maybe, um, I don't know. I don't think he'd be scouting. I don't, I can't imagine him because he's got young kids, man. He's not going to just up and leave and go player development. travel around, which could be the reason why he's not going to want to coach because you'd have to travel so much. So um, probably my best guess would be player development wise. I don't think we're going to see him on the bench like a, as a bench boss or anything. What do you think? I think he's again, I, I talked about it last show. I think he's going to coach his kids. Um, a team, I guess, right? I think he's going to coach that. Um, so I think he's going to stay in the area doing that. And his, I guess you can call it day job or whatever, is going to be something with player development. That's kind of how I feel. Um, but I don't know. It's all speculation. It would be great to have him still in the community, um, not just living in San Jose, but as a part of the San Jose Sharks community. Uh, and I'm sure he's a rink rat. He never wants to leave. He was the guy that came to the rink just to take a shower. And then go back home like that. He wants to be at the rink all the time. Right. So um, I, I can't see him not being a part of the Sharks organization going forward. So it's just a matter of time for them to figure out what that's going to be for him. I'm sure he'll be there for that. Um, Kellen Foster had also said you could talk about how Merkley had a two point night against Iowa. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think Merkley looks great in the AHL, buddy. Thank you for making my point for me. So, um, Aaron, what, what do you what do you think here? What do you think? Does does Merkley? Um, having success at the AHL level, is that going to springboard him? Do you think? Absolutely. I think he's going to be getting big time minutes down there. So he's going to be more effective seeing more situations, power play shorthanded. Um, I think it's, it's the best way for him to develop and become a, a regular NHLer. Uh, he'll probably still get cups of coffee because there's going to be injuries this year is fine or they're going to reward him for playing well at the barracuda level um but again he was challenged to be the guy down the ahl level along with bordalo and eckland to carry the team and show that you can be a leader because the sharks are not going anywhere this year so why not even that you're burning a year of development but they would be getting a lot less ice time and at this point you want them to get the most ice time possible um, now, I know everyone's always like, oh, you should play the kids at the Sharks level. You should just play the kids. I don't think that's the best way to do it. Um, I think they would get more ice time doing what they are doing. And an NHL coach, regardless of if they're going to be tanking or not, that no team is going to actively tank like that. So coach isn't going to be like benching Logan Couture so that Thomas Borlo can get more minutes. It's not going to work that way. Um, otherwise he would probably be fired and no team would hire him after that. So 
I mean, part of it is the coaches also have to have some kind of job security or, or show that they're not, not incompetent and no coach would do that. So um, I, I think getting, getting them to stay at the AHL level, dominate, get together and get chemistry and you're in a winning culture, like things are going your way. Now you're bringing that culture in a year to the Sharks where these guys are like, hey, we have chemistry. We've been in these situations. We've been down a goal. We've been in the playoffs. We know what to do. And then they bring that in and that changes the culture of the Sharks. The losing culture of the Sharks is going to change to a winning culture. So you're getting that core guys kind of gelling together and then bringing them together onto the Sharks team. I think that's the way to do it. I don't think the Sharks haven't been able to do that in the last probably 20 years because they've had their cup window open that entire time. So they didn't have the time or patience to sit on a lot of these rookies when they needed to fill in the gaps, especially in the cap era, you have to fill in the gaps with younger guys that have cheaper contracts because they haven't done anything in the NHL level. So I, I still think it's the way to go. See, and a lot of people hear my comments on guys like Merkley and Gregor and they mistake it for Paul hates them. I don't hate them. I just, I see what I see. Okay. Um, and I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back here, but yeah, like they said, Gregor's already been sat for a couple of games. So like, I see what I see uh, with, with Merkley it, again, uh, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying this is what I see from the guy. Like when he was, when I watched him play, it literally looked like he was just doing dangles for the sake of impressing and showing that he was capable. Like he had something to prove, not because the situation called for it. So it, to me, that's kind of where, as I, when I said last show, I, I does, it looks like he's not taking it seriously. It looks like he's, he thinks he's playing beer league or something like that. And he can just, you know, whatever, try to dangle around. Um, so that, that I just, I see what I see and that's it. Right. I'm not saying I don't like the guy. I'm not saying he won't make it to the NHL or whatever else. I don't know that he will um, until there's a shift and maybe that kind of, I don't know, the attitude's the wrong perception, I guess. Right. Um, the way that he handles the the game. See, um, to me, no Gregor is like the perfect example of why these guys should be in the NHL because we've seen no Gregor for the last three years. Yeah. Right. I think he's been in the NHL for three years. It started in that kind of COVID season. Um, you're already sick of him because you already think that that's the best he can do. Now, imagine if we didn't see him until this year and then we're like, holy cow, this guy can fly. And he worked at his game at the AHL level where he was a little bit more protected, playing against lesser competition to get his confidence up. And now he's scoring goals. Then he comes in the NHL and he's a 15 goal scorer. And then everyone's saying, why didn't this guy come along last year when the Sharks needed goal scoring? You know, like it's a two way sword. But my point exactly like Gregor was brought on too soon. He was brought on too soon. He had NHL level speed, but his game wasn't well rounded enough to stay in the NHL. And now he's kind of bouncing around. And now it's too late because now he can't, he has to clear waivers. I don't think he would clear waivers. I think someone would take him. I agree with you. And actually, I think, uh, again, Graham Slam um, with a pretty decent comment here. I like this. They should trade Gregor to the Avs. He would thrive with them. Now, I don't necessarily agree about having to trade him. Okay, I'm not saying, again, you guys think I hate the guy. Um, I'm not agreeing that he needs to be traded necessarily because I do think somebody else had said his value is pretty, probably pretty low right now. He's already been sitting for two games out of the four games they played, right? But I do agree that he would thrive with a team like Colorado because – He's not trying to provide 
that level of offense. He could play on that third line, right, and just do what he does, be fast, be physical, um, get some shots on glass. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, I think, you know, he says he's a perfect third-line scorer in this case. And, yeah, he's, he's a guy that can provide that level of depth without people looking at him going, dude, where's, it, where's the offense, right? Because that'll be overshadowed by everybody else in the first two lines. So, um, yeah, maybe he's just on the wrong team. I don't know. But I agree with you. I think if you put him on waivers, he gets picked up by some other team that needs a guy with some speed that's got a little bit of upside uh, who is maybe just looking for a change of scenery. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Gregor, there's nothing really wrong with the guy. I just, again, I see what I see, and I'm not expecting him to be that 10-goal scorer that you think that he is or will be. Uh, especially if he's spending half the time so far this season against only four games, but half the time on the bench just doesn't bode well for his stats. And so, he's a fourth round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like he's a first or a second rounder. Absolutely. Fourth, line, fourth round pick. That's absolutely. That is a crapshoot at best. If they're going to make the NHL and he's already got NHL games under his belt. Serviceable. Yeah. Whatever. I think on a good team, that's a good point. Going to Colorado, it would be just like when Nieto went to Colorado and he became he worked on his power um, penalty kill specialty and he is one of the best in the league. I think <laughs> hate, hate is a strong word, word, but I really, really, really don't like him. Is that what you're trying to get at Patrick? <laughs> that's a, is a, what's it called? Plain white tees. I think they, yeah, it's an old song. Uh, two, two way sword, sword new, new shirt. shirt. Oh, I okay. said two way sword. Yeah. It's a double edged sword in a two way street, but you said, two-way sword the double-edged street and a two-way sword there you go get on with it yes get on with it yes Yes. get Get on with it it. yes uh graham uh bringing up i just want him to succeed yeah i mean that's for for all of them right that's that's we we want all of these guys to do well you know regardless um so that that's the idea. That's the hope. Realistically, this season, no one's going to succeed um, except for the guy who who plays his way into a trade at the trade deadline. That is success. You know, think of it. That's what these guys are playing for right now. Yeah. Especially guys on on the end of their contracts like uh, Bonino. They're playing to showcase themselves to show that they can play and be effective and be an effective NHL or even on a team that's bad. Bring them onto a team that's good, and they're going to succeed as well. So. There is a lot to play for for the Sharks, even if they are going to be bad this year. Individually. Um, mint mentally picked says Cunnan is the only player actually giving up to everyone, only giving 110% effort so far. So I don't I don't know that he's the only one giving the effort. Maybe his effort is showing because he actually looks good. Um maybe well, other guys are giving effort and they're just not that good. But I um, think Cunnan, that's his game. That's how he plays, yeah. you know. Just a little ball of energy. That's that's to me what he's like. So, yeah, he looks good because he's trying, and that's that's how he is. What's Cunning's contract look like again? I forget if they had him for just a year or if they signed Two. him for multiples. Two years at two point seven five. Okay, is this a guy? I, I mean, I hope not. I hope we end up hanging on to him and, and kind of contributing to future seasons. But okay. is this a guy that maybe other teams are looking at, and the Sharks are possibly going to ship out? I mean, I'd, I'd hate for that to happen because I, I really do like the player. I do too. Um, I think, uh, yeah, this could be a situation similar to. Uh, I always blank on his name, Barkley Gaudreau. He got yeah. traded with two years left on his contract yeah. to tampa bay because his contract was so good and it was the exact player that they needed and it worked he won two cups of them so yeah i could see this being 
a guy like that. I mean, he's 24 years old and he's still an RFA after that. So they'd still control his rights. If, if somebody gave a first or a second rounder for that, I think it's worth it. Stock covered or prospect in a tough first though, or second because rounder. Think, again, remember a, a team that needs him is probably not a team that is going to end up like on the lower end, like getting bounced out in the first round. And that first round pick is probably going to be deep twenties. Right. So would you want to give up that player who's been impressing um, and working quite well with his line mates, frankly, um, would you want to move him when you've got another year? Right. Um, I don't know that they do that for, for essentially again, a late, a late first. I don't know that it makes sense to do that. Well, I'm saying a late first and maybe a prospect coming back. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He was a first round pick. He was a 15th overall first round pick. Um, there was another, Oh, Lorenz, Kellen Foster saying Lorenz is doing the same, mm-hmm. uh, a max effort type of guy. Now there, he, Lorenz is impressing a lot of folks. Um, uh, big guy, a lot of speed, um, and flashes of, uh, some pretty solid offensive talent. He had one where he cut right to the net and fired one on that looked real, real good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the other thing to remember here is, you know, again, we're only four games in, not just four games into the season, but four games into these guys who've been brought in gelling together. Right. I mean, obviously there's been training camp and everything else, but we're talking a really early point in the season, um, this could be, you know, like a longer work in progress before everything starts falling like uh, together in the right way. So it's not just the players. It's also, you know, the whole management, right? The whole coaching staff, everything, the systems, they're all learning this new system together. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, again, they're, they're going to suck, probably. I think they get better midway through the season. They don't make playoffs, and then they get drastically worse uh, when they start moving people out after the trade deadline. But I, I, I think it bodes well for future seasons for them to kind of start gelling uh, over this atrocity of a season, what's going to be. Um, and then, uh, you know, as, as time goes on, we get those, those younger guys back into the lineup. Again, like you were saying, they're gelling down in the AHL. They're getting establishing this kind of winning culture, hopefully. And, uh, and bringing that into the NHL with these other guys who start gelling with their, themselves as well. I think it, it bodes well for the next, uh, the next two, three years or so down the line. I think we'll be looking like a, a much better team. That's kind of my my thought on it. So there you go. What's your um, Did you want to talk about Cuda or is something else you wanted to say? No, that was uh, I was just going to cover like the leading scores of the Cuda right now. Oh, okay. Just happened to be Ryan Merkley is up there. He had yeah. two assists. I mean, they've played two games. Um, Andrew Agazino is leading with a goal and assist, but Thomas Borlo and Willem, uh, Willem, bleh, William Eklund each have a goal. And I think Eklund had scored the game winner the other night. So they're on the board. They're up there and they're doing their thing. And um, I think the future is starting to look a little bit brighter. Um, again, they're going to be gelling and, and playing the AHL level, but I'm excited to see them in person probably, what, next week? when they come home for the home opener? Well, we don't know because we have to figure out which games we're going to. <laughs> and we haven't done that. So Aaron and I and our friend Adam, we all um, have the season tickets and uh, we're sharing it <laughs> and we we haven't bothered to figure out which games we're actually going to so um that'll be uh that'll be fun to try to go through that and figure it out but um yeah so at, at some point we're we're going to be there and again if you're going to those games please feel free uh hit us up let us know and we'll uh, pop out and say what's up have a, a drink or, or something i don't know uh nicholas egan the kuda have so many assistant captains this year i did not know that i know agazino yeah. i believe is the captain I think there's six. 
Uh, Derek Pouliot, our alternates, I guess. Um, Derek Pouliot, who <laughs> this was a defenseman who uh, won a cup with, gosh, what team was it? Some team that won in 2016. Um, I can't remember the name because I blocked that year out of my memory. But anyway, so he's uh, brings that uh, that NHL experience <laughs> to the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, so cool, nice having him there. He's got two points as well, two apples. So uh, not bad for him. Um, you know what's it's interesting is uh, you look down for just two having two games played. You've got uh, Agazino, Merkley, and Pouliot with two points apiece, and then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that all have a point. So, uh, you know, it's getting spread out pretty good down there. So again, really entertaining stuff so far. Um, looking forward to seeing more of it in person. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. New arena, young sharks or young, young sharks prospects. It's a good time. Uh, Nick, Nick HBK 150. What's up, Nick? He says, I'll be at the October 26th CUDA game. All right, there you go. So Nick will be there too. If you guys want to hook up with Nick or something, uh, say what's up. And uh, I don't know if you got Twitter or something on there, Nick, don't you? Yeah. Hook up with him. You guys can figure it out and, and meet up if uh, if we're not there. So there you go. Um, anything else about the CUDA here, Aaron? No. No. We're good there? Yep. Okay. Well, let's talk uh, last. Oh, wait. Yes, there's six assistant captains that have four for every game. Holy. But they are. They're called alternate captains, I think. Anyway, regardless. Two. Um, yeah, that is quite a bit. I don't know how they'll much rotate two for away games versus home games or something, probably. Well, he says they'll have four for every game. So, right. yeah, I, I think they'll do the same way the Sharks do. It's like, like Aaron's saying, two that are away and two that are home. And then they just switch those guys rotate off around. based on if they're playing home or away. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming Sharks games. You already mentioned the Sharks can be playing against the Islanders and that you're expecting an offensive explosion on the power play. Um, so, Aaron, what's what's going to happen here? Talk to me. Islanders are a team that kind of disappointed last year. I think people had them um, slated to make the playoffs and they did not. And that ended up with uh, the firing of their coach. So um, they are a good team. In fact, that's where Kevin Kurz is at. He swapped around with uh, Corey Massasak, the athletics. So he's covering the Islanders now. Um, I think they're still good and dangerous team. I think they have, I think they have their new arena now. So, It'll be nice new arena for the Sharks to go into, not the old was it the Coliseum or something at the Islanders playing. That was just garbage. So um, yeah, the it'll be uh, it'll be a fun game to watch. This is a four thirty start since it's on the East Coast, so four thirty our time. So don't forget early early game time since it's East Coast. Um, they follow that up with the Rangers on Thursday at four thirty. This one's going to get ugly because the Rangers are very very good. This is a top five contending team for a cup this year um and they're playing in new york against the rangers so uh i don't i'm not looking forward to good news coming from this game (laughs) other than from the fantasy guys that i have on the rangers that are on my team so um that'll be that'll be fun another 430 starts um and then saturday they'll be in new jersey at 10 a.m against the the Devils. Uh, this is Corey's old team, Corey Massasak's old team that he covered. So I'm sure he'll be excited to go back and see everybody there. He's got to be um, all East Coast times, though. You're saying 4.30 and 10 a.m. and 4. This got to be East Coast, right? No, this is all our time. So 4.30. No, so the Saturday game's at 10 a.m. our time. It's an early – it's an afternoon game in New Jersey. So it's a 1 wow. p.m. game, New Jersey time, that's on at 10 a.m. our time. 
Do you not know how time zones work? Yeah, I do. That just it's goofy. No, no, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, seven thirty will be out there. So yeah, right. So Saturday's an early morning Saturday morning game, ten a.m. So kick the kids off the TV after cartoons, and <laughs> I'm kidding. Nobody <laughs> does that anymore. Uh, so yeah, the New Jersey Devils are an exciting team. They have Jack Hughes and um, a couple, a bunch of other players, Nico Hischer, and they are kind of a, a team that's been rebuilding for the last oh, man five six years, and they've gotten some top end talent in there. So they are kind of a team that's on the up and up versus a team that's on their way down. That'll be exciting. I think the Sharks would have a decent chance, but I feel like they historically do terrible in morning games or I guess afternoon games. Um, So that will be interesting. Then they followed up with a back-to-back the next day is in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is kind of like Chicago. They are down in the dumps and the Sharks are going to be one of the ones contending with them for the first overall pick. So we'll see how the Sharks do against them. So I would say out of all these games, the Philly game should be winnable. And the one of the two Islanders or New Jersey Devils games. But I don't think I would be happy if they got one win out of this four game region. Kellen expecting that uh, there's going to be a fight in the game, the New York Rangers game, and that it'll be Lorenz dropping the mitts. That is very specific, Kellen. Did Lorenz play That's there? Very specific. Where he came from? What's that? Did Lorenz play there? I have no idea. I don't remember where he was at. I do not remember. No, Lorenz was wasn't he the guy we got in the trade? Uh, yeah, he was in. Well, yeah. I don't know if he was. It was only Carolina. Well, um, I, I also wanted to call out Mintley pickled or picked. I keep saying pickled because you have Mintley. The L in Mintley is throwing me off. Mintley picked. Kurz can go dislike a new team he is covering now. <laughs> Y'all just jumped on Kerr's like hard, dude. You guys, he's a good guy. He's just down to earth and real. And and most people don't like that. Most people want, you know, more of what I bring, which is like the optimism and yay, rah, rah, and trying to make him feel good. I forget who it was, Aaron. Who was it that said, every time I feel down, I come and watch a show and I come out feeling like everything's okay and nothing, nothing bad's happening. And it's like, I'm glad that we did that for you, but it's, you know, it, things are bad, man. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to lie to you. It's yeah. not going to be a good season. But we're going to try and pick the positives out of it versus then, you know, focusing on all the bad and negative stuff. That's not fun. Nobody needs that. Right. You already have that in your mind. So come cleanse your mind with us yeah. and and focus on the good that's coming out of this and how the good the Sharks will be. Now, I was, I was just talking about this with um, my fantasy hockey group that I've had for 16, 17 years now. Uh, there's some texts in there and... They're they're like some of them are just casual fans. They're not big hockey fans. So they're like, hey, um, you know, what what's with the Sharks? What are they going to do? What's best for them? Uh, Honestly, the best is for them to not do well so that they get a top five pick, because if this especially this draft and these top five guys, this is a if they get better, that's a that's a franchise changing thing. Right. Like they're going to be on the projection of going up sooner than later. Versus if they start winning games and putting together some streaks and coming in 10th or 15th overall pick, it's not going to be as good. So it'll be a quicker turnaround. It's going to suck now, but it will be a quicker turnaround to be terrible now, really terrible now, and then be fine in a couple of years versus being mediocre and then mediocre for a longer period of time. 
Lorenz uh, came from Carolina, says Grand Slam. Thank you for confirming that for me. I was pretty sure that that was the case, but you know, my my mind didn't what it used to be, buddy. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, Peter St. John, I don't see that from the Fin Factor. Reality is reality. Yeah, we, we do mostly tell it like it is. But again, I try to put a positive spin on it. I know, you know, the Sharks have been bad for a while now. And we're just trying to help everybody kind of feel a little more uplifted where we can. So we, we tend to look at the good things and uh, as, as much as we can. Um, we're all out of juice on that train. I think, though, <laughs> there is not a whole lot of positives to pull. But uh, yeah, Anthony Sanchez doing his best as well. Positive. Sharks have a solid PK. There you go. Uh, Mintley picked, not pickled. Uh, Mintley picked says, thank you, boys. It's midnight here. Love the content. Uh, also, look, a cane. I know bad blood, but the guys can play hockey. I, you need to go to sleep because that didn't look like a sentence to me. But uh, thank you for your comments tonight. And uh, good night to you, Mintley Picked. Appreciate you. Uh, Aaron, anything else you could see from the uh, from the chat? Uh, I do see there's comments in the chat, but I see in our little private chat, <laughs> we need a studio. Yes, we do need a studio. Um, I know you guys have been seeing it and we've been uh, talking behind the scenes here. Aaron keeps going blurry. So uh, for the folks on the podcast, um, I think it's it's fine for, for the po- for the folks watching us here. Uh, you're welcome. Aaron's blurry. You don't have to look uh, look at him too much. So there you Good. go. Nice. <laughs> there you All go. Right. Yeah. Much sharper. Nice job. All right. Uh, Aaron, anything else here? Or are we just about wrapped? I think we're wrapped. I think we are too. Okay, good. Coming off the rails. Um, once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Love doing this stuff. Again, uh, if you want to support the show, you could do that with the Venmo tip system. It's just at the fin factor. Anything you put in there obviously helps out the show. We do appreciate that. And it'll probably get us into a studio faster. Um, And then uh, if you have a comment that you want to put there, we can certainly uh, say it during the next show. If we're not doing our live and you have that comment there. Uh, Also, you can uh, tip through super chat. So if you'd like to do that, put a comment in there. We can read it out during the show. But if you do want to support the show and get something back in return, the finfactor.com has all kinds of merchandise on there as well. Hats, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, fanny packs, the water bottle thing. I always have a hard time saying the water bottle. I always want to call it a cup. I don't know why. Maybe we just need to have cups in the store so I can say cup, Aaron. Okay, let's work on that. Sure. Cup. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, support the show that way. Get something in return. Uh, and then you'll look really cool and everybody will be jealous of you. So there you go. Um, anything else that I'm missing? Follow us on socials, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we're, I'm going to try and use more of those Instagram reels this year. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Right, uh, it gets more eyes on it so it's pretty cool good deal okay well again thank you guys so much for tuning in do appreciate you and all of your comments so for super producer jason i'm paul and i'm aaron and we will see you guys next week next week <laughs> bye-bye bye thanks for tuning in if you like this episode check out our other content especially interviews you can interact with us directly through social media at the fin factor and on instagram at fin factor and don't forget to join our live streams on youtube Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.